Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today we have another episode of podcasting with the Playtesters and I am joined by Tiffany in California with me and then we have Julian Safwan in Europe joining us. Welcome you guys. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Hi. And we previously did an episode all about exercise and different ways to train on and off the court. And that kind of led to a conversation about nutrition. And we get asked a lot about what do the playtesters eat? What kind of diets do they follow? Or what kind of nutrition do they follow? I don't like the word diet, to be completely honest. And this group is super knowledgeable and really intentional about how they fuel their bodies. However, I do want to note that none of us are doctors. Well, Safwan might be, <laughs> but we're, we're not um, nutritionists by any means, but we definitely are all athletes and have all been learning how to fuel our bodies for a long time now. So first things first, I just am going to kick it to each of you and kind of ask you to talk about how you currently fuel your body and what is your style of eating. So Tiff, why don't you start us off? Well, I kind of try to do just um, the least amount of processed foods that I can. So I cook quite a bit, uh, pack my lunch, even though some of those food trucks, let me tell you, they smell really good. And I know that they make some really amazing food because I do take it, but I like just try to cook my own food. Um, really lucky to live here on the central coast of California where there's tons of fresh fruit and vegetables grown right outside our back door. So uh, try to utilize that as much as possible. I uh, do eat meat, um, but try to incorporate fruits and vegetables into each meal of the day. That's really it. Um, just trying to keep a balance of everything and in, uh, in, in moderation. That's kind of my, my take on things. Yeah. Tiff's always really good about that. And we kind of talked about in the previous episode, she's got two little ones and she's passing on all of these great um, habits to her little kids too. So I know you're very intentional about snacking and all of that, which we'll talk about that too. <laughs> Safwan, what about you? What does your daily diet look like? Uh, I basically, um, I learned uh, to know what my body needed, uh, depending on my weight, my age and everything. And, um, I don't, as you said, I don't like to talk about diet. So I basically allow myself to eat everything more or less. Uh, as Tiffany said, I try to go for unprocessed food and, uh, try to keep some, to have vegetables and, and fruits in, in the, in the, what I'm eating. But, um, I try to eat everything, anything that I want. Uh, so, and I try every day to have a little pleasure, not to feel like, um, how can I say guilty? So nice. Julie, what about you? Um, at home, I do have a prescriptarian diet, so I only eat fish, but when I go out to eat, I can eat a good steak, <laughs> but, um, so I don't like, uh, stop meat. Like I'm not super strict about not eating meat, but I definitely reduce my consumption of meat and um, whether it's pork or poultry or beef. Um, so yeah, fish and veggies. And I did try to like replace like pasta and all that stuff with like quinoa and stuff, but I realized that I didn't bring enough and I still needed more. So adding right now, I'm currently adding a bit more uh, pasta and rice to my diet because I was trying to go like with too much veggies and then I was lacking a little bit of carbs and I was compensating then with like extra food. Like I was like craving some food. And so I was going for like processed bad food because I wanted to eat so much. So like pretty much, yeah, like you guys said, I'm trying, although I'm trying to avoid unprocessed food, I'm not neither like limiting myself if I'm craving like, you know, like some fast food, I'm actually going to go, but I'm not going I'm limiting myself to like once every other week. Um, so yeah, limiting myself, but um, how can I say that? I'm, um, if I'm, I'm allowing myself to eat stuff that I want to eat, but I'm still trying to like eat as 
little as in processed food as possible and going for whole foods. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And then my background, I've kind of talked about it a few times before on the podcast. I actually come from a pretty disordered eating background. Um, I kind of have a past with restricting and I don't have a healthy relationship with food. So I've been spending literally, it feels like my 30s trying to right that wrong and kind of like what everyone has already said to allow yourself to have a treat here and there. And it's not a bad thing. And I know I can fall into the, I'm not eating anything with sugar all week. And then you get a chance to eat sugar and you're like, I want to eat all the sugar. And you eat more than you, you should because it's become this thing that you're not allowed to have. And now you're allowed to, I don't know. We can get into that later. It's, (laughs) it's a deep mental (laughs) issue. Like I said, every day is um, a little bit of a battle, but similar to you guys, I really focus on fresh foods, nothing processed. Um, I've cut a lot of meat out of my diet, which Again, I've also been very trendy in my my ways of eating since I was little. I remember when I was 13, I cut out red meat. And so I'm very like cognizant of trying new things, but I found the best thing to work for my body is to kind of be intuitive. So that's where we're at right now. And from there, I wanted to ask you guys, was there ever a time where you were eating a specific way that you found that you had like no energy on the core and it wasn't working for you, but because of what someone said or the trends, you tried it and then you're like, nope, this is not, this is not doing it. Or have you guys always fueled your body properly? Safwan, I'll start with you. Okay. (laughs) I'll start. Um, Not really. Uh, I wouldn't say I had a time where I had a, a bad diet, but the thing is, I never considered nutrition as a critical part of mm. um, of my performance until somehow COVID started. So I started to be a lot more um, interested in the subject. I read a lot. And because basically when you're a kid, you learn how to bike, you're ne- you learn how to uh, walk, how to run, everything. But you never properly learn how to eat. And your parents are just cooking for you, just eating what, what's on the plate. So... That was really interesting to learn the basics of nutrition. And that's how I started uh, really paying attention to this aspect. And, um, and then uh, from there, I knew what amount of carbs I was, uh, my body needed, what amount of fats, of proteins and, and everything, vitamins. Um, and since I started to do this and to really um, follow what my body needed, um, then I started to see that I was feeling better overall. So I wouldn't say I had a time with a bad diet with bad performances, but I would just say that at one point I really started to focus on my nutrition and I saw the, the, the result on court. So that nice. was a good thing. Yes. And then Julie, you were just kind of talking about how you were eating so many vegetables, but were you noticing that you didn't have energy because you weren't getting those carbs? Yeah. And that's why I compensated with like, uh, this, big meal process stuff you know like when I was eating like veggies for three three days in a row and I didn't like it didn't tilt in my head I just kept on eating my veggies and I was like yeah it's good I'm eating a lot of veggies so it's good for me and I'm bringing um, a lot of calories but no I was clearly lacking fat and I was having this conversation with Safwan um, and um, yeah so I realized then that I was just lacking carbs and eating too much veggies and doing as much sport as I, as I am, you're just lacking calories. You need those carbs. And I didn't actually really realize how much I was, um, uh, exercising, you Mm -hmm. know, and and how much my body needed those carbs. So yeah, if I'm going too much for veggies, I definitely felt that I was getting a little tired. Uh, I was, it's more, Beyond being tired, it's more feeling hungry all the time and not knowing why. You're just like, wow, I ate like so much vegetables and a little bit of fish, tiny bit of avocado. What happens? So yeah, those carbs are important when you're an athlete. And yeah, sometimes, especially as a woman, we get caught up thinking that we need to eat less. Oh, carbs are bad. They make you fat. No, you need carbs if you're an athlete. And you need those veggies too. But yeah. Yeah. It's important, actually. And I didn't realize how important carbs are. 
And I'm going to lean on Tiff because she's, you and Safwan are very you're knowledgeable about everything. And I know like Tiffany has salad goals. Every time she has a salad, there's like at least 10 things in her salad. So maybe talk to me, talk to him talk to me and us um, a little bit about those healthy carbs. I know you've always kind of mixed it up. you got lentils in there and all kinds of beans, which is also good protein. So tell me about how you've kind of learned about healthy carbs versus the unhealthy carbs. Well, when I was actually pregnant with both of my kids, um, you go through these blood tests and things. And I was really, um, surprised when I came back and I was uh, what they call a gestational diabetic. Now my normal life right now, I don't have symptoms of diabetes. Um, but when I was pregnant, I did. And so, uh, as part of that, they send you to a nutritionist who helps you, um, control that with diet if they can, and then, um, proceeds from there as, as your body reacts and my insulin levels, my blood sugar levels, uh, were controlled by diet. And so that's where I started to learn about balancing some stuff. Now, again, like, you know, I'm not uh, trained or educated as a nutritionist, but just from those uh, sessions with the nutritionist, it was just balancing. So if I like had an apple with my snack to pair it with some peanut butter, which actually was really one of my go-tos. And it was just like, I don't know, somehow together those things helped me stay full. And it also just kept my, my energy levels nice and constant rather than some spikes and things like that. So that really helped um, me with that. So I'm always just trying to, and it doesn't my, I'm always trying to incorporate different things like a carbohydrate with a protein um, just so I can keep those energy levels consistent. And that's just something that I picked up from those sessions that I I had with um, nutritionists while I was pregnant. And you talked about yeah, blood, blood checks, like, and, uh, one thing that I've realized is like, um, when I was in America, um, so just like being a college student, I had like uh, my blood taken and it was, it was okay. But you know, my cholesterol wasn't bad, but it was like kind of like on the edge, for instance, you know, and, uh, it was good on the edge of going like watch out so um and then when I got to California I I started eating so much better you know like I don't know I don't know if you guys remember but I felt like super tired last year around like October and stuff and I tried to change my diet and eating like I started like looking what can help me with uh, feeling better and just like uh, what had what veggies or had more iron and what veggies had more magnesium and little micronutrients like this. And I started eating so much of those. And when I did my blood check, when I got back to France, my doctor was like, Whoa, what's happening to you? Like, it's like perfect. I've never seen a blood, um, blood analysis. So good. So like, like micronutrients are like so important too. And that's like something that I'm like usually watching out too. So. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I feel like sometimes <laughs> I'm trying to like fix all the m- things I've done wrong with my body <laughs> over the last <laughs> lifetime. And um, just even hearing you guys like say the word carbs, I used to like avoid carbs, period, avoid them, nothing. And I would say it was last year I started like reintroducing like rice and quinoa and and stuff like that. So um, I realized that I've also kind of restricted myself from nutrients like Julie's talking about. And I know I hate needles, but the one time I tried to go give blood, I was super iron deficient and that continues to be an issue. So let's have Safwan walk us through what a day of eating looks like for you. Um. Complicated question. I <laughs> if you're um, training and if you're not training, it does it look different? It it does. If I'm training, well, as you said, you said that you were trying to avoid carbs. I yeah. mean, I would say that the general message would be try not to avoid anything because if I mean everything that is unprocessed, because it everything has its own benefits and your body needs a bit of everything. Like fat sounds like a bad word, but actually your body needs fat anyways. So there are the bad fats and the good fats. You need to go to, towards the good fats. So the general general rule is that, that I'm having 
I tried a bit of everything, like intermediate fasting, three meals a day, four meals a day, five meals a day. Generally, I go for three meals a day. So breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, I'm not having collations, collations, um, um, snacks, sorry. Snacks. <laughs> that sounds better in French. <laughs> yeah, I knew what he was saying. <laughs> okay, snacks. I'm not That's all I have is snacks. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not having snacks really often. Um, but if I'm having a snack, it's going to be before training because I usually train before lunch. So okay. regular training day, I would say, if it's training at the gym, it's going to be breakfast, then a little snack uh, with a good amount of carbs and protein before the gym, then uh, lunch, and then afternoon, usually I don't take anything, and then I have my dinner. Um, and if I have tennis, it's going to be, um, the snack is basically going to be probably before the tennis. So I just going to incorporate an extra snack before the training. And on the days where I have training, whether it's a gym or tennis, I will allow myself to eat more carbs because I will need more energy. So for carbs, I can, it's, I try to avoid going um, for um, white uh, bread or white pasta or something. I'd rather go for whole grain. Um, but again, it's not something that is golden rule. So I can, of course, eat those if I feel like it or if there is just this. So again, I don't want to avoid anything. I just try to pay attention. That's it. Nice. And um, I did kind of want to talk about some trends and you brought one up or yeah, it's a trend. Intermittent fasting. Have uh, you mentioned you've tried it? Have you too, uh, Julie and Tiff, have you guys tried it? No. Yeah. I haven't either, but honestly, just this morning, I was like, maybe I should give it a try. <laughs> so that's constantly how my brain's working. It's like, what, how can I, you know, so tell me about it, Safwan. I'm curious. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds interesting and uh, maybe tempting. I don't know. But so there are different intermediate fasting. The most common one is going to be the one where you're going to uh, have um, eight hours um, window where you can wait one second. No, I think that's right. I think it's like <laughs> eight and 16, eight, right? Eight, eight, 16, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So eight hours window where you can eat and 16 hours where you're fasting. So basically uh, roughly you stop, you stop eating around eight in the, um, in the evening and then you don't eat until like lunch the next day. So you count about 16 hours. Um, the reason behind it is basically after such a long time, your body will start uh, taking from the fats to basically uh, give energy to your body. So the, 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 the general idea is waiting, like having, moving, exercising enough until your body starts taking in the reserves, like in the fats. So, but some people would say, you need to do intermediate fasting and to exercise during the intermediate fasting. And then there are two things. If the exercise you do during the intermediate fasting is too intense, like uh, lifting weights or running uh, at a really fast pace or even playing tennis, the risk is that your body's not going to take from the fats, but it's going to take from your muscles. Mm. So what I was doing when I was doing intermediate fasting is I stopped eating in the evening, then I mean, I have my life, I go to bed and then wake up the next morning and then I go for a 45 minute walk in the morning or one mm -hmm. hour walk because it's a fast, uh, it's a slow rate and you're just walking, your body's not going to take, um, you're not going to lose muscle somehow. It's going to take from the fats. Mm -hmm. And this way you make sure that you're not having the opposite effect of what you're looking for. So that's my approach with intermediate fasting. But then I stopped doing it basically because sometimes we have um, intense days and I wanted to have energy from the morning because it's true that you're going to feel a bit, a bit not weak, but a bit tired overall. So I stopped now. I have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Well, and if anyone listening has a similar story to me, like I'm constantly trying to break the restrictions in my life because I've had it for so long. So something like intermittent fasting to me, it's kind of like that shiny thing. Like I do really well with restrictions, but I also know that's not necessarily a healthy mindset for me. So I'm like, should I try it? No. Should I try it? No. Because if I'm hungry, like the last few mornings I've been thinking about it, but I'm like, I'm hungry. <laughs> so I got to eat. Right. I don't know. Right. That's where I go back and forth. I don't know about Julie and Tip. You guys seem very balanced and like you have your head on straight, but like if you're hungry, you're like, let's fuel the body. Right. There's a reason. And sometimes water just doesn't set, you know, yeah. <laughs> sustain. That's so. how I work. Yeah. Whenever I feel hungry, I'm like, I need a little something. So if I, uh, if I don't want to eat, like, you know, if let's say it's like 11 and I'm starving, I'm going to try to have like a little something that can hold to my body. It can mm-hmm. be just an apple because, you know, you're going to eat in an hour and a half. So, um, you know, it's just balancing those things out. Um, and yeah, like we say, balancing like your meals. So you're not craving some food at like three in the afternoon if you ate at one, you know, so that those little things, your body sends you signs anyway. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're starving at three and you ate at one, you didn't eat enough, <laughs> you know? So, but although here in France, we eat quite late. So like not before 7 30 PM. And uh, sometimes me with me being all, all the time around, around town and just running around during all my activities, I come back home late, like at nine 30. And that's when I eat. And I know that I'm going to need a snack like at six or seven. So when that happened, I just eat a good granola bar and some fruit, usually a banana, especially if I'm about to go work out. And it's not like a dinner before exercising that's going to make me feel bad. It's just like a nice little snack that I know will get me through the workout. And then, and then I actually eat my dinner and I'd never eat too much before bed. But I do sometimes on weekend because I'm so but <laughs> exceptionally sometimes. But yeah, I try to like not eat too much before bed too. And that, that seems to work out. But fasting for me that that I know that I wouldn't do well neither. <laughs> because then then in my head I'll be like, oh, I didn't eat nothing since like 8 p.m. last night. Now it's 12. And once again, I'm gonna compensate with eating big mm-hmm. and a lot. And that's my that's my issue. Because I need, I work better with uh, three meals a day and small healthy snacks, let's say once or twice, depending on what I do and my needs. Um, and I, I know that I wouldn't do, I just know myself to know that I wouldn't do well in fasting at all. Yeah. Tiffany, maybe you can walk us through what a day of eating looks like too. Similar to, to Julie is that I take three regular meals a day with a couple small snacks in between. Um, well, I start each day off with my coffee. (laughs) So, um, I do, I usually for my breakfast and I, I like so many other, it's others, it seems over quarantine picked up bread baking. So I've been baking, um, the bread for our house for the last few months. So my go-to breakfast right now has been, um, a slice of toast and it's been whatever I made like wheat spelt rye something like that um some avocado some uh pumpkin seeds and some seasonings yeah. it's been my favorite and I know I don't get that every day but I think I'd like it <laughs> I don't know if I could eat that much avocado and I have to look to see like how if eating it that much would be would be beneficial but it tastes good and then um depending on like what time I play tennis, I try to time my snack just so that if I'm going to play after lunch, before lunch, kind of just timing my snack. Uh, and it's usually, I try to do, like I said earlier, just, um, something like a piece of fruit with some nuts or a piece of cheese or some peanut butter, eating those together. And my lunch is a lot of times, as you mentioned, is, um, a salad, but it's kind of a, a salad with a whole bunch of things thrown in <laughs> veggies beans, nuts, whatever it is, really simple dressing. And then again, another snack and it can be a granola bar or, but I'm just always trying to figure out, make sure I have two food groups is kind of it. I try to do two food groups for my snack, small, 
And then for dinner, uh, then we eat dinner. And another thing that I picked up from, um, and our dinner is around, is earlier. We eat around 6.30. So my kids try to get them in bed before it gets too late and they get too cranky. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I picked up that, and I I haven't looked into how it works for me post-pregnancy and not being a gestational diabetic since I'm not pregnant any longer, um, is a small snack before dinner. And it's very small. It would be like five crackers and a string cheese or something like that, or a slice of lunch meat, like a slice of turkey or something like that. And that's just something that I, I picked up when I was there. And then, so then I wake up and I'm not starving. I'm just, so when I wake up that I don't feel like that I'm overly hungry. It's just something that the nutritionist uh, had suggested. And it's just something that I've kept. So I eat. So you're saying a small snack before you go to sleep? Before I go to sleep. Okay. Not like right before I go to sleep, but. Gotcha. Uh, you know, not like eight o'clock, nine o'clock after our dinner. And then I wake up and I um, have my breakfast usually within the first hour I've been up. Nice. I kind of wanted to throw out some trends and hear you guys kind of like quickly give me your opinion on it just because. Again, we're not nutritionists and what works for us might not work for anyone listening. And I know there's a lot of people trying a lot of different things and some people bounce from fad to fad, kind of similar to what I've done, or some people know exactly what they, what fuels their body and sticks with that no matter what. So if you guys would be interested, even just what Tiff said, no carbs after dark. She just basically told you that she will, you know, have a snack before she goes to bed, not right before she goes to bed, but, you know, there's a trend out there that is called no carbs after dark. (laughs) And how do you guys feel about that? We'll just go one at a time. I'll start with Tiff and then go Safwan and then Julie. Oh, you know, I mean, I hadn't thought about it. I've definitely heard it. Um, I think Safwan touched on it for my, and um, about like the no restrictions thing. I have done restrictive diets too before. Um, I try not to do it. I mean, that's just me is like, I try not to set up rules that for myself, I just try to eat as um, intuitively, as you said, and and, and balanced as I can. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't heard that one. No carbs after dark. That one? Yeah, it, it may sound like um, now you're asking about our diet and stuff. It may, it may, it may sound like, if we have everything planned, but the truth, the truth is that we go in it, everything is intuitive and we don't think about it. And it, we, you learn roughly, you learn, and then you, you just do it without thinking about it. But I wanted to say that um, people should not expect like anything, nothing is magical. And, and a lot of people are starting something. And then after one week and a half or even two weeks or one month, they're like, it doesn't work, but it takes more than this. So this is really important. I, I think, but anyway, if I come back to what you said, Michelle, uh, the no carbs after dark, <laughs> I, <laughs> I also had, I, I, I kind of understand where it's coming from. Like you, you eat carbs and if you don't move basically because you're just laying down sleeping, then you're going to stop whatever, whatever carbs or, and then carbs are going to become fast. That's how it works somehow. So I kind of understand where it's coming from, but the, the way I, learned it is um you have okay let's imagine you have this quantity of energy that you're spending during the day and that you have this quantity of um, um food that you're taking so basically it doesn't matter if if when you take it somehow because in the end if it compensate then okay so sometimes we're talking about being on a caloric deficit or caloric surplus, depending on what you want to achieve. If you're like equal on or on a caloric deficit, it means that you're going to eat less than what you're exercising and what uh, activity that you have during the day. In this case, there is somehow no risks, in my opinion, because it's hard to say, okay, uh, I also heard like, yeah, not, mm, you shouldn't eat within the last three hours of your day, like before sleeping. It's some, sometimes it's hard to do when you have a family, when you have um, a, a job or something, sometimes it's hard to do. So I, I know, I understand where it's coming from, but that's. <laughs> good answer. No, that's good. Julie. 
Yeah, like I said earlier, I, I was trying to, I'm trying to eat less before sleep. Yeah, so that, that kind of goes into this uh, no carbs before dark, but it, it also like depends on the situation. Uh, if I have a, we're Friday today, if I have a tournament this weekend, tonight, trust me, I'm going to be eating a big plate of pasta. <laughs> and um, and I will tomorrow night too, and I will for lunch as well. So it, it really depends on what you do. And I wonder, those no carbs after dark, is that, is it, it's a trend for everybody, right? It's not like special, it's not athlete for, for Oh, athletes. no, I mean, I know there's a big group of athletes that um, they actually... <laughs> This is like, we literally could go hours talking about nutrition, I think. Um, they will specifically eat um, a certain type of protein before they go to bed. And the protein is meant to help, like, sustain. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, no carbs. <laughs> but they also, what is it? It's not whey protein. What's the no, other... Casein. Yes. Casein. Yes, yes, yes. No, uh, protein. To fuel the muscles. Yes. Yeah. Well, that makes them can work. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. But I, I, I don't know about, about that stuff, but that protein. And I, I'm also curious if it's more of like an American, like, are, are we as Americans, Tiff, you were looping, I'm looping you in, um, a little more trendy with <laughs> our, our food trends because I was going to ask, like, is ketosis or keto eating a big thing in Europe right now? I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah. I skip, <laughs> I skip <Yeah>. this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in America, I saw how big it was with all those uh, keto books and stuff and uh, Instagram pages and blog stuff. And I don't see it as much here, honestly. Um, I think that trends are more like in America. And like you guys, like when you go to Europe or when I go to Europe, it's so nice because like, it's okay to eat bread and pasta. (laughs) Yeah. Every day, every day. I eat bread every single day. And I know that um, nutritionists, I've heard they say that it's not super good for you always. I mean, you cannot eat bread like for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But, you know, like, it's like one of the small changes that I've made to my diet is like switching from white bread to wheat, whole wheat. And um, these little things. And I eat bread for breakfast usually in one slice sometimes. But, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. Get some carbs. Get some carbs. <laughs> Instead of going on with the trends, because now I'm deciding it's mostly an American thing, um, I wanted to talk to you guys about – Julie brought it up. If you are playing a tournament or you're playing a league match or you're playing, you have a serious, you know, a few hours of tennis in front of you, how are you fueling your body? What are you taking on the court with you? What are your go-to snacks when you need energy? Walk me through that. Safwan, you want to start? Okay. Yeah. Um, basically anything that is releasing insulin quite quickly. I mean, before the match, I would go for a, for a slow, um, um, like whole grain pasta or some uh, whole pasta. But during the match, I'm going to have like banana or um, how is it called? In French, we call it pâte de fruits. I don't know oh. how you can call this. It can, it's uh, it's kind of like fruit snacks, but it's uh, there's less added sugar in it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of so, course. <laughs> so, <laughs> going for this kind of uh, stuff. and And water, of course. Tiffany, what are your go-to on-court snacks? I, I, I like a good banana as well. Or um, And then it's been a while since I've been playing the tournaments, but I always find like that is a big challenge since you're not always sure when you're going to go on. And um, so I like to have things like an RX bar or something in my bag just because trying to stay fueled can be, you know, you've like mm-hmm. the courts are all full. You don't know how long the matches are going to be do I have time to go get lunch and things like that? So I like, like, but if I'm on court, I like the bananas and I drink water. Um, and then also carry around some bars that will not spoil like a banana would. And Julie, what about you? Yeah. Um, fruits and granola bars. Um, I like to have some, um, I used to drink a lot of Powerade also a little bit before, after, um, I've realized that the, they do have a lot of sugar and 
um, a lot of that. So for electrolytes and everything, I sometimes add a little bit of salt in a, in a different um, water bottle. So I have like uh, my typical water and usually something or... I don't know, with syrup, you know, we have like those um, fruity syrups here in Europe. Um, it, yeah, it's just a fruity syrup and it just adds the sugar that I need sometimes. And, um, you yeah, know, so yeah, that's. Um, and let's talk a little bit about hydration. And that we've done a podcast with a hydration specialist, and I'm going to link that in the bio here because it's so insightful. And there are so many questions that he answered that. I think most tennis players have, but as far as hydration, I know, especially around tennis warehouse, I don't, I'm assuming tennis warehouse Europe as well. We drink a lot of coffee and, um, the biggest thing that I know I try to do is for all the coffee I drink, I try to counterbalance with water at the same time. So I'm always, and the first thing I do when I wake up and I know Djokovic and a lot of athletes do this is drink a full glass of water straight up. That's the first thing. Um, so how do you guys feel about your hydration? Do you have any tips or tricks that have become a part of your daily um, process? Uh, Safwan, <laughs> I'll start with you. Um, yeah, I know how critical it is. and. Um, I, this is maybe the part that I'm struggling the most with. Uh, so like, as you said, having a full glass of water just after, just when you wake up, is basically because you didn't have any water during like mm -hmm. while you were sleeping. So the only thing I tried a lot of things, uh, like, um, an app that is basically mm -hmm. you can set up and every time it's telling you like you have to drink, but I, it was hard for me to, to stick to it. I, Julie even offered me a little uh, sensor that was blinking every time I needed to drink. But again, it didn't really work. And because I didn't have a water bottle with me. So now I have it. And um, believe me, somehow it's, it's really helping because sometimes I realize even if I'm not thirsty, it's here. I just take it. I drink. I don't know why, but I do it. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow it's good. So, um, yeah, I, it's really important. Uh, if you don't have a water bottle, bottle, start with that. And uh, yeah, maybe the other girls have some more tips on that side. Tiff, I know you're pretty clean with what you drink as well. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever seen you drink a soda or anything. So how's your hydration? Well, I, um, I, I do what Safwan does. I just try to bring my water bottle wherever I am. And it, like you said, it becomes like this, for me, it's this mindless thing. My water is right there. And I just am drinking it. I do try to make sure that I finish at least one. Ideally, I'm drinking my two of my water bottles a day um, and refilling it. But just getting in the habit of taking it wherever I'm going. So I always have it. Um, you know, it plus with the kids, they're always thirsty. So if I can get them to bring theirs too, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're not taking my water. <laughs> But that really, that for me is it because if I don't have it, then I find that I am not drinking enough water and I will think I feel thirsty and I try to not, I don't want to feel thirsty. Mm -hmm. I don't want to well, feel thirsty. That's like, what they oh, say is once you feel thirsty, you were like already a day behind. <laughs> I mean, I try to just keep it wherever I'm going so then I can kind of just have a little bit all the time or throughout nice. the day. And Julie, how about you? Um, I always had this weird relationship with hydration where I was just <laughs> hating drinking when I was just a child. Like my parents were like, don't leave the table until you drink your glass of water. I'm like, no. <laughs> One time I even like took it. I took it from uh, the table and I was like, I'm going to the bathroom. And I just threw it in the sink. My dad was waiting for me at the door. Julie, what did you do? I drink my water, dad. Didn't work. Didn't oh work. Oh my gosh. But, so yeah, that's for the story. But uh, no, so when I'm dehydrated, I know right away I'm having headaches. And I used to, I used to even like go like half a day without drinking. So now I've just picked up on small habits. Like you said, Michelle, like athletes that are drinking like a glass a day right when they wake up. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Every morning I drink my glass of water. Um, then usually I fill up my water bottle as soon as I get to work. And like Safwan mentioned, I have like this little blinking thing. So pretty much it's an elastic that you put around your water bottle. And then there's like this little, yeah, an elastic like this. And then you have a little thing, round thing that just blinks every about 45 minutes. And that's when you need to drink. That was 
changing a lot of things for me, honestly. It just helped me keep uh, staying hydrated. So that's why they said, like, drink, like, a few sips every 45 minutes, I think. Um, I believe that's what it is. So this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. And whenever I do not have my water bottle, I do not drink. I do not drink. I ju it just doesn't happen. So I try to keep it around as much as I can, like Safran said. Get a water bottle, actually. It's, first, it's where you can start to stay hydrated properly. Yeah, for sure. Hydration is such a huge part of performance as well. So definitely stay hydrated. Um, and in that hydration podcast, it, we talk all about cramping and everything else. So if, if that's something that bothers you as an athlete, or even I know people that experience it even without, you know, exertion. Um, so check that one out. And we talk a lot about electrolytes and making your own electrolytes and everything. So it doesn't have to be too complicated. Um, how about fueling your body after a long day of activity or even like a tournament? Do you guys fuel yourself? Like if you just, Julie, let's say you played all weekend, you played four matches in one day, <laughs> you're off the court late, it's dark. Um, how do you recover from that huge day of activity? I definitely drink a lot of water and I know that I need minerals and electrolytes and what I said with the salt water earlier, uh, it's something that I include and, uh, yeah, just make sure to keep on hydrating myself. Cause I know that just, yeah. And micronutrients nutrients also can make like a small difference. So, um, just, you know, like a little, a little fruit, a little something, a little apple or, yeah. And knowing, because when I do like uh, big activities like this, I did like a semi-marathon, a half marathon, like um, last year. Um, and I'm not used to that kind of effort. And my dad is a runner and I called him and I was like, dad, how come I'm still starving and not feeling okay three or four days, like super tired after the race. And it was like, well, did you brought the proper nutrients that you needed. Did you hydrate enough? Did you, and all of these things. And I'm like, that's right. That I actually didn't. I just kept on eating and uh, drinking like I usually did. So, which meant not drinking and not eating. Right. So, um, so this little things like this are super important to make sure to stay hydrated after an effort that you're not, that your body is not used to do. Um, you need to make sure you stay very hydrated and need the proper electrolytes as well to keep the minerals in. Which makes me want to bring up something that we had talked about in our earlier before recording this. Cheat meals. A lot of times after a big day of activity, again, maybe this is more of an American thing. People think like, whoa, I could go crazy. Let's eat all the pizza. <laughs> Safwan, how do you feel about this? <laughs> well, um, that's how I see it. Cheat meal, I, I really don't see it as a meal where you can do everything you want and just go for a, um, fast food and, and junk food. Um, what I was saying is I calculated what my body needed. Uh, with the, It's a basic formula, Harris and Benedict, it's called. You can go and check it out and do it for you so that you know um, how many calories you need to intake to have during your day. And basically, uh, this amount of calorie will give you the, um, the basics. And then if you're exercising a lot, you will spend a lot so you can eat a lot more. But I try to, so the, the amount of fats and the amount of protein that I'm taking daily never changes somehow. Like it's roughly always the same quantity. And then I'm playing with the carbs. So that's exactly... What, ha what is happening during a, a, cheat, a cheat day. And a cheat day is supposed to be made so that your body, let's say you're, because most of the people want to lose weight, okay? So let's say you're in a defici uh, calorie deficit in order to lose weight. And because your body is really smart, it's going to understand what is going on. And it's going to understand that you're basically on a calorie deficit every day. So it will tend to, reduce the amount of calorie you need but that's where the cheat day comes in because basically you're basically going to eat a lot more than what you need a lot more calories than what you need and to tell your body hey i'm not actually going down i may go up too so go back where you were and let, let me on the calorie deficit every day 
So that's where that's why we have a cheat day. Oh, that's why it should be made for. And the the way you play with the cheat day is only with the carbs. And try not cheat day wouldn't mean um, you go for a pizza and then you have a burger and then you have a soda. And as I said, I don't want to limit myself. So I can have all this stuff like every day. I don't need a cheat day to have a pizza or to have a burger. I mean, you can ask Julie. She, she can see what I'm eating every day. But I can basically eat whatever I want whenever I want. But I'm just making sure that every day I eat the, the right amount of calories. We That's need to it. rename it to a refuel day. Yeah. Cheat day is kind of um, um, tricky. It's not... Because again, cheat day makes it sound like you're doing something you're not supposed to. And then it kind of like puts this weird taboo on food. <laughs> Every day is a cheat day, but you could, you, you, need, you need to have one refill day. Yeah. Tiffany, I feel like you're just always so balanced. Do you experience any days where, you know, you refuel? And- <laughs> Definitely, you know, I mean, it's funny. I, after uh, last week, we did a... Um, thing where we went out and we watched uh, symphony actually was a drive-in symphony sort of situation. So we grabbed a pizza and um, I just tried to uh, and not, not eat it, but just maybe not eat all of it at the same time. I just, just <laughs> not get mad at myself or something. Cause I, I have had that too. I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but I've had that where I'd be, where I'd get in that mindset where, Oh, now, now what do I do? But I don't, I try not to, to, to go there anymore and, and just, um, have a couple pieces and then be happy with it. And then just tomorrow is another day. And so I definitely have that. And I love to have my piece of dark chocolate. Um, that's kind of my little square of dark chocolate is my, my treat to myself. I usually have one of those, maybe not every day, but like every other day or, you know, depending on what I feel like, if I want it, I let myself have some and satisfies my, my chocolate needs because <laughs> those are real. <laughs> Definitely. What else do you guys want to talk about? I feel like we bounced all over the place on this episode. <laughs> My biggest thing too with eating is, um, and everyone's background is so different. And I went to a tennis academy when I was 15 and I feel like I picked up, there were a lot of bad habits and I was living with girls who just didn't eat. And I was always the bigger girl, even though like we played four hours of tennis a day, then did an hour of training. There was no way we were eating enough calories, no way. And, but you just pick up these habits and it's like, my biggest thing right now is trying to like take all the stigma away from food, take the emotional connection away from food and just remember that food is fuel and I'm an active person. It's going to, you know, it's not the end of the world. If you have a piece of pizza it's not the end of the world if you have two pieces of pizza or three (laughs) it's good it happens and life is a balance and you know if you have an opportunity to go hang out with your friends socially distant of course and have a couple of beers and eat eat more than you did normally or you would monday through thursday then it's okay that's life too (laughs) right yeah i don't know how do you guys i you gotta like make it a balance and julia I know we've had a lot of conversations like this. It's like, it's not the end of the world. Like, live your life. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a mental barrier mm-hmm. that you need to pass. Yeah. That's, a, that's, how, that's how I was. Because um, it, it shouldn't affect your personal life. I have, I have this value. That's what I live by. It's focus and balance. So pretty much focus on what you need to do to be healthy, to be happy. But don't forget to balance everything out. Like mm-hmm. um, we're talking about nutrition right now. To be healthy, you need a strong uh, nutrition base. You know, you need to eat well, be healthy, blah, blah, blah. But then don't let that um, ruin your personal life, for instance. Don't, if, you're, if you haven't seen your friends for two weeks because you've been working and, blah, blah, and you need that break, but you don't want to go out because you're scared of, craving an ice cream after the pizza that you ate and the bait <laughs> and the beer that you drank that's there i will definitely push the person to go out drink eat that pizza and ice cream yeah. or like no but for for mental health just for for it's it's gonna be okay and you feel better you feel better 
So yeah, focus and balance. This is definitely what I go by. Yeah. Safwan, what about you? Do you ever have one of those nights? <laughs> totally. I, I, I agree 100%. I mean, that's why I was really insisting on the fact that you shouldn't feel oppressed or um, like that some food or some type of, um, of stuff are, are forbidden to you. And it's just so important. I, I mean, you said you try not to be emotional, but somehow food is emotional. Mm-hmm. I mean, who is not? I mean, when you see uh, I don't know, a cake or ice cream or something. <laughs> yeah. Of course you wanna you wanna try it. <laughs> so and, and it should stay like this, in my opinion. You just need to know the rules. It's it's like any other game. You need to know the rules, then you can play the way you want. You can have anything you want. And um and that's how I see it. So <laughs> nice. And Tiffany, maybe you can hit on this a little bit because you have two little ones and you guys get to go out for treats and stuff. And you're obviously trying to raise them with good, you know, backgrounds and healthy eating. So I I want them to have their treats, but then also our our rule is at our house is that you have to try everything that is on the plate. Um, Yesterday was a challenge at dinner time. We had a stuffed acorn squash and um, yeah. The squash didn't go over so well, <laughs> but, um, you know, the question comes, well, can I, I want, I want ice cream, but for us, it's, it's like, yeah, sure. But you need to make sure that you ate your, at least tried everything too. It's like, I want you to tr- go ahead and try it. Maybe next time that acorn squash will taste great. Cause we're heading into those, <laughs> those, those winter, the cold, colder months where there's all kinds of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I love to hear from other parents too, just like what they do to get their kids to try new foods and to uh, try to get them to eat um, fresh foods. Because I'm lucky that, you know, my kids actually are pretty good and adventurous as far as eating any of their vegetables and they love fruits. So one of my kids is a huge fan of fruit and the other one loves all things vegetables. So um, got lucky there. But, <laughs> That's awesome. But I, uh, it, it, it can be a challenge. Because they, they, they like to have the treats and um, I don't want them to not get to, to explore that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I saw a tip one time on, a, it was, a, I don't know, an article, a video on social media, but like um, it was saying that when the kids want like treats and stuff, like chips, for instance, before dinner, um, it was like saying something like, yeah, you can have your chips, but like while you're eating your dinner. And so it's just like, instead of like lending them having like this big bag of chips, it's like putting a little, a little bit of chips on their plate. They have their chips and I, and then (laughs) (laughs) that's what I did for myself, actually. (laughs) I said, it's parents for kids, but this is what I'm doing to myself. (laughs) No, it's, that's smart though, because you get that you, what you're craving is still there and available, but you're not going to eat the whole bag like you mentioned. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else that we want to cover in this episode? We might have to do a part two. (laughs) See if anyone has any further questions. Um, May I say that whole foods are like cheaper than processed food. There's a research from 2019. I did my research, you guys. (laughs) And they said that it's 40% um, cheaper than processed food. A good tip right there. Facts. <laughs> yeah. And the good thing, yeah, the general rule would be not to be too hard on yourself. And as Julie said, the good thing if you go for unprocessed food is, I mean, I like to eat and I like to eat like desserts and sweet stuff and good stuff. Um, and before I was buying it like already done or half done or something. And then I started to to cook and to go for unprocessed food and and cook my own version of my favorite desserts like um i don't know apple pie or something and when you do it yourself you can really make sure it's actually even healthy so sometimes i was having what could have been called um a cheat dessert or something or whatever but actually was really healthy so i was super happy i I had everything i needed and everything i wanted so (laughs) in the same plate perfect so I feel like Tiffany and Safwan should start a food vlog or (laughs) (laughs) between your apple pie and your squash. I'm like, dang, you guys are killing it. (laughs) 
<laughs> Tiffany always has these like great recipes too. And I'm like, how do you have, first of all, how do you have time? <laughs> Second of all, like goals. <laughs> I, I, um, I use the internet search bar quite a bit. That's where I, <laughs> I like find all the, um, all the good recipes, read all the different blogs. I mean, I, 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 lo- I definitely am a bit of a nerd when it comes to like reading cookbooks and, um, just reading all kinds of different food blogs too. Just trying to know your ingredients. I think that's the biggest thing. You guys just mentioned that, but like, like Safwan just said, if you're making it, you know exactly what's going into your food. There's not going to be an ingredient that you're like, oh, what's that? Is that of chemicals or so? That's super important. And we're lucky, like Tiff said, and I think you guys as well. We have so, so much fresh produce and everything available. Thankfully. Um, and as Julie said, it actually is fairly affordable when you are eating whole foods instead of like lean cuisine or those like frozen TV dinners, which it seems convenient, but we didn't even hit on this, but like meal prep, that's such a great way to cook, know your ingredients, cook with whole foods, and then just have, I mean, have enough for the whole week. Maybe you have your lunch. Tiff brings her lunch every day. I bring my lunch every day. I don't know how you guys... I think in Europe, you guys like go to the market a lot, which is good because you have fresh ingredients. You're all laughing. But yeah, meal prep's also big. Do you guys meal prep at all? I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. I wish I did. <laughs> but I, I do I do have a lot of like uh, in my CrossFit gym, they're all doing it. They're all super fit. Well, and- this is the thing with meal prepping is if I don't bring something for lunch, I know I'm either not going to eat or I'm going to eat something bad. And I'm going to eat chips for lunch kind of thing. Like that's Mm -hmm. my situation. So for me, if I can control at the beginning of the week and I know I have my Tupperwares, I have all my, you know, all my ingredients and I can bring it every day, then I know exactly what I'm fueling my body with. So I like to do like a quick, quick meals also for lunch. Um, Some people make fun of me, but it's like a little avocado toast with salmon. It's like, like, oh, I've never seen those, right? (laughs) (laughs) I eat those a lot. A little avocado toast. Honestly, you do this with like a little bit of salad on the side um, and uh, salmon and eggs. It's so quick. I mean, smoked salmon, you know, just like the, mm-hmm. that sounds good. And, awesome. Yeah. And you, it takes literally two minutes and 30 seconds to do that. <laughs> so. Well, how about we end this episode with everyone going around and just sharing their favorite current healthy snack or staff one doesn't snack. <laughs> 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 No, I have a, I have a good snack. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tiff, I'll start with you. I said mine already, I'm, especially because it's apple season here. My favorite snack is uh, I, I, I'll i slice up an apple and have it with peanut butter. Um, sometimes almond butter, but peanut butter is my, my favorite. Nice. Safwan? Uh, I actually came across a recipe that I twisted a bit, and I just made um, a frozen sneakers. Like oh. this. Yeah. And it's delicious and it's super, super healthy. Okay. You're going to have to share that with us and we'll post it in the episode. <laughs> Julie? Um, do you say acai bowl? Acai bowl, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I make my own. So I make my smoothie and then, I mean, it's it's easy, you know. And I have some, um, the flakes. I forgot how it's called in English. Coconut? Yeah, I do have coconut, but I also have like other uh, granolas. Oh yeah. Um, sometimes I'm adding a little bit of dark chocolate because it's healthy. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So and yeah, honestly, I do this for the morning sometimes, and or for like as a compliment for brunch or uh, yeah, because I'm it's it's usually a big one, so it's like a big big snack, but so good, love it. Nice. That sounds mm-hmm. good. I think I need to up my snack game. Because, like, I've just been snacking on some almonds. But I'm going to share. I did make something this week. I already told Tiff this. I made a roasted cauliflower red pepper lentil soup. That was really good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So that will be mine. Well, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, for joining me and talking all about nutrition and food and everything in between. Um, If anyone out there is listening and if you guys have any further questions for us, maybe Savoine in particular, if you want him to build you a meal plan. (laughs) 
um, as you can see, we all come from very different um, kind of backgrounds and we all kind of have our own little different ways of eating, but working on fueling our bodies to be the best athletes and the best play testers that we can be. So thanks you guys for joining and thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Happy hitting. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes and be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, happy hitting.